Hello again and welcome back to You Are My Borough, the Northern Echoes Borough helping on uh, on your podcast channels, your podcast platforms or on YouTube if you're watching along there. Uh, I'm Dom Short, joined by Scott Wilson and as promised last week on our first vid, we're going to have a chat about the signings today, our verdict on the 12 summer signings and how the fared so far. How was your back end of the week travelling then, Scott? We discussed that this time last week, the gig and then the big one. That was poor, by the way, wasn't it, on Friday night? It was pretty poor on Friday night, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Gig was good. Yeah, bit of Jamie Webster at the Roundhouse in Camden. Um, Sawhead the next day, which meant (laughs) Wembley watching that rubbish and then driving home through the night wasn't probably ideal. But but no, all good. Uh, Yeah, England were poor, weren't they? We were recording this on Monday afternoon, so um, Monday lunchtime, rather. So they've got Macedonia tonight. Maybe it'll be a bit better. But, I mean, it all feels a bit... We just count down the days of the tournament now from an England point of view, aren't we, really? Uh, I, I don't have any uh, trips to the capital to tell you about from the back end last week, but I do have a keyboard update. My F has completely, completely crumbled. Completely now. gone. But for those for those hundreds of thousands of viewers and listeners who have concerned and lost sleep over that over the last week, I've got another laptop in transit, so oh, fingers crossed. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> there we go. It might arrive in about three weeks' time. So yeah, yeah, let's, yeah. Let's hope that this is back in the borough starting side of the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had too much Dale Fry to write about over the past. <laughs> um, just before we start, thanks to those who watched or listened at the back end last week when we had uh, Anthony Vickers on talking about his new borough book. I enjoyed um, it. I, I, that, that got me from about. Oh, here we go. Service chat. That, oh, yeah. got me, that got me from about Donnington to Tim. No, probably Woodall. Donnington to Woodall, that little section. That was listening to you and Vic chew the fat. I don't mind Donnington, but the only thing is with it, it's what if I if I'm right here, it's one of those I hate the services. Oh, I, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I hate the services where you come off and you've got half a mile of roundabouts yeah. and this and that to go. Yeah. And Donnington's one of them, isn't it? It's quite a good one when you get there, but it's a chew on. It's definite of all the M1 ones, it's the biggest chew on, yeah, definitely. Oh, well, here's one for you just on services. You know that new Leeds one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the top, yeah, the top of the M1. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that's called like a services extra or something, right? But, right. But, but the logo of it looks like a, a, a like a McDonald's, the McDonald's logo. Okay. So um, I'm, I wanted a coffee. I was uh, I can't remember where I was going or coming back from. I went in there for a coffee. Thought McDonald's cheapest coffee, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, went in and I asked. I asked. There's a proper anticlimax to this story. <laughs> <laughs> but I've started now. Um, do it. But I want to see if anyone else has been fooled. So it's not a McDonald's. That's the logo for the services. And I'm like, and the guy said to me, "Oh, we get sorry, mate. We get people asking on a daily basis." I'm like, change your logo, man. Change, there you go. There you go. Yeah, so, so instead, you got hit by full price Starbucks. Cut, yeah, four and a half quid for a Starbucks or a Costa. <laughs> Yeah, but well, if this isn't getting the viewers in, I don't know what (laughs) we're. Yeah, if you're still with us after (laughs) three and a half minutes, um, we're going to talk about the summer signings so far. Uh, We'll run through each one. We'll be back later this week to have a chat about ahead of the uh, ahead of the Bristol City game on Saturday. Um, Just before we start, just give us a tap and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube and you're not already, Um, and if you're listening on podcasts. Give us a give us a rating uh, and and leave a review on there as well if you can because that'll that'll help us no end. Um, Twelve signing Scott. We'll, we'll start in goal with the number yeah. one and and arguably the pick of the signings, Seni Dieng. What what have you made of him so far? 
I was going to say, I think number one in, in more than one ways, isn't it, really? Um, it felt like a big one in the summer because Stefan was such a big figure last season, both in terms of his shot stopping, clearly the way that he played out from the back, the way that Carrick wants his Borough side to kind of build possession. But he, it was also just felt like a big character, didn't he? You know, an on-field presence. Um, and so, you know, at the start of the summer, there was a little bit of, you know, are Borough going to be able to keep him? He obviously then got the injury, had the operation, it became pretty clear that he wasn't going to be coming back. So it was right, OK, where did Borough go? Dieng, Dieng, you know, we pretty much as led to believe was pretty much always their number one. It felt like it, it was pretty quick in terms of getting the job done, getting him in. It uh, felt like, a, you know, a good bit of business just in terms of getting it done early. But it's proved to be, I think, a really good bit of business. Um, he's been he's been good, hasn't he? Very good. Some key saves. Um, I mean, you know, you, you think back to that that Sunderland win, which in the end, you know, turned out to be a romp. But if Dieng doesn't make that crucial save when it's goalless, that game can be very, very different. And he's made, you know, four or five of those this season. But then again, like Stefan, just absolutely what Carrick wants in terms of building from the back, comfort on the ball, um, you know, long passes, short passes. He can do a bit of all of it. There was two or three moments in the first couple of games where you thought, oh, is he is he going to play a burr into trouble here? And to be fair, there were moments like that with Stefan through last season, but neither of them have really done it. And I don't want to jinx it for the next few games, but, you know, there haven't really been that. So I, I think you've got to put a massive tick in the box for Dieng so far, don't you? There's been, I think, like, you know, the classic conversation with goalkeepers, isn't it? Is how many points, how many points yeah, have they yeah, won yeah. across the season? But even in this last chunk of games, even in the chunk of games that, you know, immediately comes to mind, Leicester, the save from the Vestergaard header yeah. at the end of the first half, and then the save to keep out Ian Acho, admittedly, which came after, after his mistake. But they were both saves that ultimately contributed to Borough winning the game. Um yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's the one signing, and this isn't a slight on any of the others because I think it says more about the players who left and who Borough were trying to replace. But I think he's, he's the one signing where you can make a real, real case that it was actually an upgrade. Yeah, and and he's he's one of the few that were to co to coin a uh, is a Boris Johnson phrase. He, he was oven ready, wasn't he? Like you know, a, a number of players that Borough brought in this summer, which we'll get to feel like at least partly they're with an eye on the future and what might happen further down the line. Dieng wasn't that. And, and, and in fairness to Carrick and the rest of the recruitment team at Rockcliffe, I think they realised pretty quickly that it's hard to do that with a goalkeeper. A number one goalkeeper has to be ready to, to, to go in straight away, not be phased, hit the ground running. And so it, that inevitably means really you have to get an, a, a, you know a much more experienced player than you maybe look at further further in the, up the pitch in different positions. So um, yeah, I think they knew they had to get a, a keeper who could go in the championship and do it. Dieng had proved it at QPR, and he's proved it again with Borough. Really good. And, and um, just on the on how comfortable he is with his feet, we, we saw it last season. Um, but, but again, like that Leicester game, for example, I think it makes a world of difference that even when they're kind of under the cosh a little bit, he just just will not panic. He's wholly committed and wholly comfortable. And that sets the tone, really, for everything Carrick wants his team to look like and play like, doesn't it? I think it's so important that if, if the keeper's panicking, 
then those in front of and there's the knock-on effect. So yeah. I think in, in some cases, there's, there's a real calming presence from him, isn't there? There is, a, but also a dominance. You know, he, he will come for things. He, he, you know, I mean, when Borough have the ball, he'll be, he'll, he'll quite often be stood either right at the edge or even out of his 18-yard box, which, like you said, then inevitably means the defence doesn't feel like it's got to drop off. Borough can press higher up the pitch. It all feeds into to the style and, and what Carrick's trying to do. Um, and, and yeah, you know, he's an important player, isn't he? He's very quickly become a very important player in this Borough team. And I think, you know, part part of the praise you can give him is the fact that he, he's keeping an international goalkeeper out of the side because Tom Glover has come in and, and he's yeah. um, Australian international. He was the first to sign, so it was unclear at the time whether he was very initially coming in as a number one, but it's clear that he's the deputy and he's, uh, he's he's playing the the cup games. So it's harder to judge him because we haven't yeah. seen as much of him. But what have you made of, of Glover so far? Yeah, I mean, the cup run's been an interesting one because Borough have let in a lot of goals in that cup run. You know, there's been three twos, three ones, a couple of three twos, hasn't there? So they have let goals in. I struggle really to massively pinpoint them on Glover, though. And obviously, in his in mitigation, certainly in the first two rounds of that, it was a pretty makeshift defence, an untried defence, should we say, you know, um, in, in those games at Huddersfield Bowl and at Bradford, really. So, um, yeah, hard to judge. I mean, it, it doesn't look out of place in the team. It's not like, it's not, you know... There's been examples of times when a second-choice goalkeeper's played at Borough or at other clubs when you've looked at them and thought, goodness me, you really wouldn't want, want to be starting with him every every week. If something happened with DA and Glover was to have to play for six weeks, two months, whatever, I don't think I don't think Carrick will be massively rattled by that. Now, you know, we haven't quite seen what, what he would be like in that kind of run of games. We don't know, um, you know, exactly where he's at in, in terms of how big a drop-off there'd be from DX. I think there would be a drop-off. Um, but he's done what's been asked of him so far. I, I think it'll be... In, I get the impression that Carrick is, will keep him in the in the Carabao Cup come what may. Quarter-final, semi-final, final, dare we even say. I think Glover starts those games because I think that Carrick, A, wants him to feel massively part of it and feel that, that he is valued for the contribution he's making and obviously Carrick's played at, at Man United in an era when that's what they did and and you know second choice keepers started finals for Manchester United if they'd been in the in the lineup all the way through so listen let's see but I, you know I could be completely wrong maybe Dieng will play against Port Vale but at the minute I'll be pretty pretty confident that it will be Glover. Yeah I agree I think it's a trust thing isn't it um in the kind of what message does it send if you've played this goalkeeper throughout and then suddenly you get to a semi-final and say well actually you know now I now I maybe now don't I, quite I trust you enough to play yeah. yeah and it was Arteta earlier this season wasn't it he was trying to make the case that listen yeah. the goalkeeper's just a player like anyone else why should it be such a big thing when one of them's dropped and one of them's in and one of them's out well it is different for a goalkeeper there's no doubt about that if you if you change your goalkeeper you know with 20 minutes of a game left and he's not injured you're going to get real questions about what's going on there. It's not the same. So you're right. For, for Carrick to suddenly decide now, OK, you've done, you, you know, I've called on you up to this point, but actually I don't fancy you so much now. No, I, I think that would be the wrong message. So I think we will see Glover. In um, the what, 
what will be interesting is who we're going to see in January and potentially early February because Seni Dieng is obviously an international for for Senegal who are the defending African Cup Nations champions that runs until 13th of January through the 11th of February and at the same time the Asian Cup uh, with Australia part of that and obviously Tom Glover isn't national for them that is the 12th of Jan until the 10th of Feb there's every chance it's it's probable rather than possible that both Dieng and Glover are going to be away for the bulk of January and February. Now, obviously, Zach Hemming, Sol Brin and Liam Roberts all went out on loan in the summer. Hemming to St Mirren, Brin to Leighton Orient, Roberts to Barnsley, where he's impressing, but he's recently got injured. Um, Borough brought in Jamie Jones as a third-choice keeper in January. It'll be interesting, won't it, Scott? And, and this is something, clearly, that Michael Carrick will be asked about in the coming weeks. Um yeah, if they are both away, does does Jones come back? Is there a potential loan recall on? You know, is it a possibility that someone like Bryn, for example, comes back at the start of January and then goes back to the club at the end of at the end of January? If 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 and when it looks like Dieng and Glover are going to be back, it's 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 um it's clearly. It, I was going to say it's going to, it's a decision that's going to be made in the coming weeks, but it's not. This you would think is something that Borough will have prepared for when they signed both keepers in the summer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was just going to give a shout to, it's Sean Rye, if Sean's watching, he he replied to me on Twitter this morning, we'd obviously done a bit on on Carrick um, talking about Dieng, and, and he flagged this up and said, do you know what, what the situation is? And the simple answer is, at the moment, we don't. Carrick's not really been um, put on the spot about this as yet, but obviously, you know, we're getting an awful lot nearer now, so it's going to be something that will be talked about and discussed at presses in the next week, couple of weeks, I would think. And it's going to be interesting because... Um, yeah, Jones is there. Um, feels at the moment like it would be a big, probably call to put him in for a month. But then again, it, you know, it would probably be an equally big call to bring either Roberts back or, or, or Bryn back or Hemming back, wouldn't it? Um, Joe, because so, Jones, you know, he was club captain at Wigan. He played for them. Yeah, but by the same token, it doesn't make any sense really to go and spend money signing a goalkeeper in no. January when come February he's going to be the third choice. So if you're saying it now, I think Jones probably probably starts. Um, but that does feel like a bit of a risk. And that's probably a bit unfair because we've seen little or nothing of uh, Jones in a competitive environment in a Borough shirt. So it probably feels a bit unfair on him to say, well, it you know, it feels a risk, but it does, I think, um, you know, because it's going to come at a pivotal stage of the season, isn't it? Crucial league games in January, um, certainly edging towards February. I've got to get the dates right in my head here, but I would think at least one leg of a, of a Carabao Cup semi-final, potentially, if Borough have got there. Um, so, you know, a, a big spell and, and yet to lose both of your keepers is, is clearly not ideal, but it's looking like something Borough are probably going to have to deal with. I think the one advantage of, well, not one, the one, but one advantage of going with Jones rather than bringing back one of the other keepers is is Jones has spent the first half of the season in and around the, 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 squad. the, the squad, traveling with them home and away, seeing what Carrick wants from his from his keepers and, and working with Alan Bettis, the goalkeeping coach, every day. So that's one we'll discuss. We'll, we'll, we'll speak to Michael Carrick about that at a press conference in the next few weeks and, and discuss that. Um, Ra Vandenberg, Carrick loves him, doesn't he? Yeah, and and has done from day one, really. Um, I mean, you know, 
listen, Michael Carrick, because of the, the the kind of guy he is and because of the way he manages, he's been, you know, pretty universally positive about all the signings. Let's be brutally honest when he's talked about them. He's not a manager who's ever going to criticise his players. But even within that, it's still possible to, to get the glint in the eye and and get a real understanding of when he really does kind of get excited and, and fancy a player. Um, and it was pretty early on, obvious early on with Vandenberg that... That um that he you know he, he 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 rates him both as a player and a character, which I think is interesting given how young he is. Now, you know, when he came in, there was talk of what Milan, Dortmund, all kinds of clubs, and and speaking to people in and around the club, and I, I know Borough had to work very, very hard to get him. A lot of time spent talking to him and his agent and kind of explaining why playing, you know, regular football or, or at least having a chance of playing regular football with Borough was probably a better bet from him than going to Milan and, and not getting near the first team or whatever. And it's worked out like that, hasn't it? You know, it, he's played pretty much right across the back line. Uh, and we've talked about this on a previous vid. I think he will be a centre-half eventually. But at the moment, he seems to be Carrick's first choice at right back with Tommy Smith being out. And... Um, he, you know, he's shown himself more than capable of, of, of performing that role, even though he's probably, a, well, he is, isn't he? He's a much more defensive orientated option at right back than Dyke Steele or switching Isaiah Jones back there or, or, or the other kind of things you could shuffle around and do. Um, but he doesn't, he doesn't look bad going forward, does he? It's not, it's not like he looks like a defender who can't do that. It's just he looks a defender. I think it, in time he will be a centre-half. Um, but Burr have got to be pleased with the way he's developed so far, I think. I think um, the second half at Sheffield Wednesday, after uh, Lucas Engel's tough first half, when Vandenberg went over to left-back. Left-back, yeah. You know, this is a centre-half who hadn't played much at right-back on his more comfortable natural side. He'd never played at left-back. And yet, for Carrick to, feed, to trust that he could do it, I think he'll have been 18 at the time, to, yeah. to put an 18-year-old in that, in that situation tells you everything. Um, what I think it'd been interesting is what Carrick's never had this season, all of his defenders fully fit. So no. if, if everyone's fully fit now, what's your back for? You, you, Engel, you probably say is left back. Um, Fry, Lenahan, Vandenberg, Smith. I, I, I don't know, but I, I, just, just on what we've seen and let you say their character reaction, my feeling is Vandenberg would be in there. It'd be in it. I think ahead of Smith, possibly ahead of Smith. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think because I think, I think Carrick pretty set. I think up until this point, Carrick has really valued Smith's experience and leadership, and felt that with a predominantly young side, he, he offered an awful lot there. So I think had Smith stayed fit, I think Carrick would have been loath to have left him out again. But having said that. You know, he, he clearly likes Vandenberg. It, it would be if Smith had been fit, it'd be interesting if we were having this conversation and saying that Vandenberg was being lined up to come in at centre half, you know, ahead of a Fryer McNair or a Lenahan at some stage. At the moment, it doesn't really feel like that, but that's because he's needed him at right back and he's now viewing him as a, a right back at the moment. For now, yeah. I suspect if Smith hadn't got injured, Vandenberg would have been knocking on the door at centre half as opposed to slotting in at right back. Could be wrong, but that, that would be my read on it. Yeah, with Lenahan out at the minute, that had potentially been a, a McNair or Vandenberg decision there because alongside Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, on the other side, let, let's talk about Lucas Engelen because first things first, 
fair play to the character of the yeah. lad because to come in first to come in and 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 have to step into the shoes of Ryan Giles, who was really probably the championship's best left back last. I know. Yeah. You know, you probably are in this day and age judging left backs on assists and everything you offer going forward as much as what you do at the back. But Giles was probably the the, the left back that you'd have wanted more than any other. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Defender in that position last season, especially in Carrick's side. Um, so that was difficult enough as it in isolation. Then he comes into a side that had a tough start to the season. A couple of early mistakes, that West Brom one. Then he has that nightmare at Sheffield Wednesday. And yeah. I mean, we're, we're having the conversation then. Well, when will we next see Lucas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lucas yeah. Um, fair play to him for how he's recovered and his and his performances since. No, absolutely. Um, it was the Southampton game, the first one back, wasn't it? When he came that was, back that, that was the first one. Let me just double check. Let me get this one. No, Southampton was the one that he missed. Cardiff. Cardiff at home was the first one back. And I remember when he came into that side, I did that game at the Riverside, and you were thinking, will he, will he kind of just play a real safety first game? Will he be reluctant to kind of do anything? And within the first 10 minutes, like you say, fair play to him, he was getting the ball, he was bombing up the wing, um, he put a, you know two or three really good crosses in. And, and, and from if nothing else there, you thought, well, OK, you've got a bit of character about you. You know, fair play, you, you've stepped up here, you haven't hidden away. You tried to get on the ball. The crowd were kind of willing. And it was that game, can you remember? That game when the fact when he wasn't ball getting the ball. the ball. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. nobody. And the, and the crowd were almost yelling for, for the rest of the Borough team to give him the ball. And then in the second half, I think he got, I think he set up one of the goals. I think he got an assist. But um, he really, really came into the game. Um, and then from that point onwards, he's just kind of gone on and on and on, really, hasn't he? He's got stronger and stronger. And, and now he, he looks justifiably Borough's absolute nailed-on first pick at left-back and, and a player who can defend but can also get forward and start to do at least a bit of what Giles was doing last season. Um, I mean, listen, all the soundings when he came were that Borough thought that they'd got a really good deal and a, and a, and a player who could go straight in and, and, and make an impact and do it. Um, and obviously, those first couple of games, you look at it and thinking, cool, how, how can they get that so wrong? Now, Increasingly, Engel is looking like the player, but are always felt and hoped and kind of knew that they'd signed. So, um, you know, he's got to keep it going. And we'll get to Bangura in a minute. He, he's going to be, you know, pushing him and, and asking questions of him. But at the minute, I don't think there's any doubt that, that when Carrick's picking the team for that first game back at it next weekend at Bristol City, all things be, you know, unless there's a problem we don't know about, Engel will start and, and there'll be no eye, eyebrows kind of raised because he, he is now Borough's first choice left back. He got he got an assist in that Cardiff game, which I thought was hugely yeah. important for him. But then the game after that, Sunderland away in that atmosphere, it yeah. would have been easy to shrink in that. And I was kind of a bit fearful for him, really, going into that. And yet, you know, he, he, he absolutely stood up to the challenge there. I think back to the season when Woodgate was in charge and Borough lost heavily at Leeds and Mark Bowler played left-back and yes. Bowler was just new to the championship. And he really struggled that day. And it just looked like everything was too much for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feared that that might be the case with Engel going to Sunderland. But he got through that, kicked on. And I think you can see, and I know from speaking to, to people around the club, that, um, that he, he, you know, he's coming out of himself now. There's, there's, there's yeah. the confidence there, which is 
which is uh, which is great to see because yeah, back to where we started, I just think it's such a, a great show of character because it would have been easily for the oh, absolutely, absolutely, and Sheffield you know, that first half that. of Sheffield Wednesday was as bad as bad an individual performance as I've seen in a long time. Yeah, and you know, a bit of a cliche, but coming through that, you would think will do an awful lot of good in the long, just just in his career in general, because you know, like you say, a massive adversity there would have been very, very easy for him to have gone under and, and kind of disappeared without trace and, you know, loaned back to Denmark in January or next summer and kind of becomes a footnote in Borough's history. Well, no, you know, he's shown he's a bigger character than that. He, he's trusted himself. The ability's there. So, um, so yeah, let's see how he kicks on from here. But, um, but no, he, you know, he's had a really good month, hasn't he? You'd certainly say that. And Alex Bangura, desperately unfortunate, really, because he got injured in his debut at Blackburn. And yes. had, he not, had he not got injured, had he stayed fit in that period of time when Engel was... Well, we might have we've been having a very different Engel conversation, mightn't we, if Bangura yeah, yeah. stayed fit? Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Um, so, uh, and, and, and since then, we clearly haven't seen loads of him. But you were at Exeter when he played there. What 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 were your thoughts? What, what are you kind yeah. of... He looks, he, he looks a more naturally attacking fullback option than Engel. Um, certainly, his best moments in that Exeter game were um, getting the ball forward, driving on, getting crosses into the box, and, and he looked really good at that. Very athletic. Now, Exeter's certainly Exeter's first goal came. It was a screamer. In fairness, that the, the lad pops an absolute cracker in, but. All the build-up play came from that side of the pitch and kind of in Bangura's position. Um, and it's very limited evidence, but my gut reaction with him is that he could well turn out to be a better fullback going forward than he is going backwards. Um, and, and, and in fairness, I, I think that's the kind of player that, that, that he's being touted as. So, you know, I think that will probably turn out to be true. But at the moment, it's very limited evidence we're going on, isn't it? I mean, that'll be, you know, we keep on saying about this in the Cup. That'll be another interesting one to see whether he plays at Port Vale or whether it's Engel. Again, I suspect it'll be Bangura. I think I think Carrick will largely stick with the same... Yeah, I, I think he will with the way the draws panned out. It's a yeah. massive opportunity, but it is a game against Port Vale. You know what I mean? Mm. Had had they drawn... Had they drawn Port Vale in the second round, like right in the quarters... Then it, it, then it been might have been different, yeah. 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 Um, Desperately unfortunate, Lewis O'Brien, because he he was looking like a fine summer signing, wasn't he? Mm. You know, he, for all a lot of the players we've talked about were unknown quantities, really, when they came in. Glover, Vandenberg, Engel, Bangura, all in the championship. Lewis O'Brien was anything but. He was probably the standout player in the championship a couple of seasons ago when Huddersfield came so close. Went to Nottingham Forest for big money. Could have got various other moves. I remember reading about Leeds being interested in him again and again and again. Um, the Forest move obviously didn't go to plan. And, and I was over at Rockcliffe when he was there for his unveiling and he talked about how hungry he was to kind of prove a point, really, and to get back on track. And he and he looked to be doing that, be it at left-back for a couple yeah. of games. But he'd also played in midfield. And, and, and we'd seen flashes of, you know, why Borough was so pleased to get him. Um and then obviously he gets that that injury at Watford, and uh, I saw him. I saw funnily enough, I was coming out of Rockcliffe a couple of weeks ago, and he and he um, went through, and he was having a chat with a couple of the staff, and seemed in good spirits. And he said he was getting his his pot off, I think, later that week. Um, it's obviously too early to say when when he might be back, mm -hmm. but 
it, Borough are absolutely clear, you know, when he does come back from his injury, he'll still be here on loan. There'll be no returning to, to Forest. Hopefully, Borough can still see the best the best of him in the, in the last few months of the season. It feels like another kind of what-if thing, isn't it, really? Because, you know, there's a scenario where if O'Brien hadn't got injured, he'd still now be Borough's number one left-back and, and we'd be talking about neither Engel nor Bangur haven't got a chance because while it was a square peg in a round hole, it was a square peg in a round hole that was filling it really nicely in the games that he played. There, he didn't look out of, out of um, kind of you know out of his depth or or in the wrong role. Now, you know maybe in time he would have gravitated back towards central midfield, and and maybe he, he would have you know maybe we'd be talking about is Johnny House going to be able to get back into this team before Brian had really been given a chance to show he can do in midfield. I just have a little bit of a feeling that if he had four or five really good performances at left-back, Carrick might not have moved him away from there. We, we might be talking about him being at left-back for a big chunk of the season. Um, yeah, just on a personal level, it's a real, real shame for him because, like you say, you know, his career hasn't gone to plan in the last two or three years. Um, and this was a real chance for him to get back, establish himself in a club that was, you know, hopefully going to be battling for promotion. And um, it, listen, he could still do that. You know, he... You're right. You know the soundings are maybe the start of the year for him. Um, well, that's still giving him three or four months of, of you know pretty solid football to try and and and, and make a success of this loan move. Um, but it's going to be that much harder now, isn't it? Because House and Shawnee still pretty much as good as ever. Hayden Hackney's Hayden Hackney. Struggle to see how Michael Carrick's going to be leaving him out the side. Barlesa, when he's been called on in the last month, month and a half, looks a better player now probably than last season. So, um, you know, where Lewis O'Brien fits into the jigsaw when he's fit, we'll have to wait and see. There will be chances for him. Inevitably, there will be. But... You do wonder if this is just going to be a lone move that come the end of it. It's like, well, it just didn't really work out the way that anyone wanted because he missed such a big part of it. Yeah, I, I really hope. I think, because um, there's less to, to consider there as well, but I, I think just from, from what we what Carrick said about him and what we saw in the early weeks, that when he's fit again, Carrick will take every opportunity to to get him back in. Like, how and where? How and where? It's not clear, is it, at this stage? No. You don't know how it's going to look at the end of the season. And the other thing, you know, you never profess to know a footballer from two or three conversations with him, especially when, you know, post-match interviews or whatever, and you're getting two yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. But um, just from 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 the brief interactions I've had with him, he strikes me as a really good character, really yeah. sound, humble, down-to-earth fella who just wanted to come and play his football again and, and yeah. start enjoying football again. So on a personal level, I was... I was gutted for him. Um, you, you said there about fitting, where does he fit in the jigsaw? Alex Gilbert hasn't so far this season. And yet he is a player who signed from Brentford B, has played next to no first team football. He was, of all of the signings, one of those who you looked at and thought, well, maybe it's a, a bigger picture, longer term yeah. sign, wasn't he? Yeah, I, th I think so. I think that's I think that's more than fair. Um I was at the, it was the Bradford Cup game, wasn't it, where he came on? Yeah. But I mean, that was only for 15, 20 minutes, probably. And he, um, he, um, sorry, I'll just, this is just someone trying to call me. Here we go. Fourth mid, uh, mid podcast. Um, it's Lewis O'Brien. He's heard, he's heard that you, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah that, that, I'm, that I'm writing off his loan move. Yeah, exactly. Um, he, um, yeah, so Gilbert, I mean, he, um, 
Yeah, he came on there. It, it was the first kind of look at him. I mean, Carrick said that he wanted to get him on. He wanted to get him involved, and 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 he'd earned the right to do that. Um, but he does feel a you know a fair way away from being a, a, a regular kind of presence at the moment. Now, like you say, that's not necessarily a slight on him, given a his age and b his lack of senior experience before he came in. So, you know. There were always going to be a couple that, 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 um, of the summer signings that, that took longer and, and the, the chances were just going to be limited because clearly Carrick can't play everybody. Um, it'll be interesting to see if in a year's time where, where Alex Gilbert is fitting in the picture and whether he has made that breakthrough or, I mean, would we, would, are we talking second half of the season loan maybe? It strikes me as the type I mean, where it, you look at it, and think it would make sense. It feels like, well, if he's if he's not going to get any nearer to any more regular game time with Borough in the second half of the season, then might he not benefit from a, a you know three or four months playing regular football in League One, even League Two? If nothing else, I think we'd get a much better idea then of where he's at in terms of his readiness for for Championship football. Because you know, Josh on loan at Bristol Rovers last year. Yeah, there were ups and downs in that loan move, but it was pretty apparent right from the word go that he was ready for League One slash already too good for League One. So that shows you that he's you know pretty much ready to go and have a go in the championship. Well, is Gilbert at that level? We don't really know. But if it, you know if he went if he went to Bristol Rovers for the second half of the season, we'd get a pretty good idea at least of where he's at in terms of championship, League One, senior football. You know where he's at. I think he'd probably benefit from that, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, and I think it's interesting because you move on to the next one, Sammy Silvera. Silvera's only 23, um, but he's not all that experienced, really. The, the bulk of his football, other than one stint away, had been in his in his in, in Australia. Um and and when you watch him, he's he's clearly raw and and it's clearly a work in progress with him. And he and he looks more of a cameo impact player at the minute, doesn't he? And yet there are only four league games in which he hasn't played some, yeah. some oh. point. Now, one or two of those have been kind of last-minute substitute appearances. But um, I think the signs on the whole for a player who, again, you probably bring in and, and think, well, we're not expecting him to completely hit the ground running. I think the signs on the whole are, are, are positive with, with, with Silver. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. I, I think he's undoubtedly got something something there you know you know natural talent dribbling ability running at players final product in terms of shots and crosses there's an awful lot to like there i mean i thought he i thought he was the best of the borough summer signings in pre-season now pre-season is pre-season doesn't tell you an awful lot but you definitely saw glimpses there um hasn't done it necessarily in a full 90 minutes yet, although his, his opportunities to do that have been limited. Although what I would say is, along with Rodgers, who we're going to get to in a minute, but probably Silvera even more so, he was the player who turned it round at Exeter. Um, he, he really did take the game by the scruff of the neck at the start of that second half and got Burr on the front foot, obviously got his goal. He was massive in that game. Um, you know, could he could he could he do the same and run a championship game for 20, 30 minutes? Maybe not. Maybe he's not quite there yet. Um, but there's definite ability there. And I think what Carrick will really like, and funnily enough, I've just um I'm just halfway through kind of writing a bit on this for and um, it'll probably be on well, it'll be online in the morning and in tomorrow's paper. But Carrick kind of 
just praising the, the, the impact that his subs have made. I mean, in three of Borough's last six league games, a substitute was scored. I think eight times this season in all competitions, a substitute was scored for Borough. Silvera and again, Rogers, who we're going to get to, have been a really big part in that. When he's been called upon to come off the bench, he has made an impact um, in most of his appearances. And, and if nothing else, that shows that he's switched on and, he, and he's wanting to prove himself. And, he, you know, he's not sulking about not being in the team. He knows where he's at in the kind of development of his career. Um, and, and his attitude's clearly spot on. And the abilities there. So, you know, it might take a little bit of time and, and and it'll be interesting to see if he does get more championship game time in the second half of the season. I think there's probably a chance that he might. But um but I think I think in you know, I think from where Borough got him from and, and the age and the profile that he has, I think they'll be happy with his development rate so far. You touched on Rogers there. Um it, it feels harsh. To, to have judged Rodgers on the on the early weeks of the season when he was playing up front because he's clearly not a centre forward. He can play there, yeah, but he's not a natural striker, and we saw that. Um, but but in this recent chunk of games, I think there's been some really promising flashes from him, and really, it's probably only the excellence of Greenwood in recent weeks, which we'll get to, that that has kept him out because he came on and scored the winner against Birmingham. You touched on it. At, at Exeter there, his performance there. That was the type of performance you want to see from someone who's getting a chance in a cup game. Don't you? Kind of, right, show me why you should be in, in the yeah. team. Again, he's one of those where it, it's clearly been brought in with 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 the bigger picture in mind. Now, that that's not to say that this season's a write-off. If you can get the best out of him straight away, then you do that. But he's clearly not kind of, you know, it, all the eggs aren't thrown into the basket of we, we need him to perform this season. Yeah. Um, I think I think he's definitely heading in the right direction. The performance is definitely in the right direction. You can see why Borough signed him. I think he made a good point right at the start there, which is had had Borough not been short of a striker at the start of the season, I think we'll be having exactly the same conversation about Rodgers as we just had with Silvera, which is that there's really positive signs there. He's made an impact in games recently. Um largely coming off the bench, but then again that that exit of game. Um, you know, he helped. He definitely helped Borough win that in the second half. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of natural ability there. He looks comfortable with the ball at his feet. He can link play. Again, he's got a shot on him. What he isn't at the minute is a regular starting striker in the championship. And unfortunately, like you said, that's what he was asked to be in those first three or four weeks of the season when when Borough didn't really have other options there. Uh, or at least Carrick didn't want to use those other options. He hadn't turned to Coburn at that point, had he? So, um, yeah, you know, I think I think with Rodgers, it, it, it's coloured a little bit by by those first few performances. But I think if you take them out of it, like you say, then he's ticking along quite nicely and he's shown signs that he definitely could be a, a really effective number 10 or a wide attacker in the championship, which is where he needs to be used, not as a number nine. And, and Sam Greenwood... Um when he came in, told us he can play various positions across the front line. He's played on the left in the absence of McGree. And two things on Greenwood. A, he's made himself, at the minute, one of the first names on the team sheet, hasn't he? He is. And, you know, how many times have we said at the start of the season when you went back to those early weeks and it was hard to predict what team Carrick was going to name? Well, now you know that Greenwood is going to be in that starting eleven at Bristol City on Saturday. And the other thing, we've said this on a number of occasions, that, that one and a half million quid's looking like a snip, in it? Yeah, absolutely. Greenwood's an interesting one because 
Whereas Rogers started the season when you maybe didn't expect him to, Greenwood took a took a fair little while to get a chance to start a game, wasn't it? I mean, I'm just looking here. His first start wasn't until Cardiff at the start of October. So, you know, Greenwood did come with, all right, not shed loads of experience, but, you know, he had the pedigree from Sunderland. He'd had the move to Arsenal. He'd been at Leeds. He'd played championship football. And, and when in those early, early weeks he wasn't getting in the starting team, you did wonder a little bit, oh, okay, that's interesting. You know, does does Carrick maybe not fancy him? Has he not settled maybe in the way that they thought? Well, all of that's out the window now. Forget all of that. You know, it, clearly Michael Carrick just felt it was right to bide the time. Since he's come in, Greenwood's been a revelation, really. Um, you know, just confidence, taking the game by a scruff of the neck, trying to make things happen. The goals, I mean, obviously, the, the, the last-minute free kicks and an unbelievable screamer, but to handle the whole experience of going to the stadium alike with the background that he has and, and the fact, you know, he, he started his career there and everything like that, to deliver the performance and obviously get the goal there that he did speaks volumes for him, I think. And, um, and, and, and it says everything that, you know, the conversation we were having in the last vid, does Riley McGree get back into this Borough team when he's fit? Well, if you've been having that conversation for most of last season or the early part of this season, there would have been no conversation to be had. Now there is a massive conversation to be had because I don't think it's inevitable that that um, McGree gets in ahead of Greenwood in, in any way, space or form. So that says an awful lot, I think, for the, for the strides that Greenwood's made over the last month or so. Yeah, I was going to say, it feels like when, when McGree's fit again, it's not a case of... Um, is is McGree, is Greenwood dropped? That feels like a given at the minute. I know things can change quick, clearly, if the, if the form can fluctuate. But at the minute, it would feel like a question of, does McGree go straight back in? If he does, does does Crooks drop out and Greenwood does go Green to 10? It feels yeah. like Greenwood would stay in the team. Yeah. And, it, and it's a case of whether it's Crooks or McGree. Who, who and we've not really seen him as a 10, have we? And he, and, he, and he looks to have all the attributes that you'd want to play there. I mean, you know, he's, he's great on the ball. He can thread a pass through. He's got a shot on him. He's creative. Um, but, but he also works. You know, he, he'll put a shift in. He'll drop back if needed, if Borough under the cosh. So... That might well be the way things pan out. McGree ends up on back on the left and Greenwood goes in as a 10. And, and I think he could definitely do a job there. And like you say, you know, 1.5 million for a permanent signing is remarkable business, really, for, for a player of that calibre. And it feels like um, it, it, it just works. He's a player who, at 21 year old, is ready to settle now and really nail down yeah. the players rather than be a, a kind of, you know, getting, getting the odd chance here and there he's back in the northeast where he clearly you know where he grew up and, and his family and friends here it just feels like yeah. at the minute it all it all works and he's one as well and i know we're, we're getting way 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 ahead of ourselves here so i, I almost apologize for saying it but if borough were to get promoted he's a player you'd look at and think well in the premier league he could, he could be anything yeah. he could develop yeah. into anything you know he he, he could be a top Premier League player in five or six years' time, whether with Borough or without it, you know. Now, you know, the, clearly there, there, there are, you know, there are, um, there are players within the Borough squad just because of the level that they're at, or their age, or whatever. That just realistically, that's not going to be the case with. But, but Greenwood, you would be really excited about in terms of future potential. You know, I think as far as Borough go, Greenwood can go with them. And, and finally, Emmanuel Latte Lath um, came in, started the season really as as first choice. But I think I think it's more what Josh Coburn has done well rather than what Latte Lath 
didn't do well or did badly when he was in the team. Corburn really in recent weeks has as as you know, even though he hasn't scored a load of goals, as he as he said, he, he you know, he was thank Michael Carrick for keeping him in there. Latte Lath just looked a bit raw, didn't he? Just looked not quite ready, just looked like he's he will be a work in progress. And I think he's he's best suited as things stand, as as an impact player, as as the type of centre forward who you're bringing off the bench in the late stages? Yeah, I would agree. Or I would say that to me, he he looks, what he doesn't look like is a striker who's ready to play as a sole number nine without anybody else playing around him. Because that's what, that's what when he was starting games, really he was being asked to do. And his pace is superb. You know, he, he will dart in behind. Um, he's got a good touch. Yes, there's issues about shot, his conversion of chances. You know, he has missed some big chances, but he's also scored some goals. What I don't think he can do at the minute is what Coburn does, and that's tie up centre-halves for 60 or 70 minutes. Bring others Make in. Make sure they know they're in a game. Pull them around. Create pockets of space for a Crooks to dart into, a Greenwood to dart into, a Rodgers to go into if he's playing. That's what you get from Josh, as well as goals and an aerial threat in the box and all of that. I don't think that Lath is that. And, I, and I, I'm not sure he's ever going to be that, to be honest. So I think if he's going to start games, then Borough have to set up a little bit differently than they are at the minute, where Josh Corbin is there as the central focal point. You can play off him, you can play around him if you need to, but he's also going to make runs in behind it and offer you that goal-scoring threat of the 18-yard box. Lath can do some of that. And, and, you know, there's aspects of his game that already are probably superior to those aspects of Coburn. So, you know, darting in behind the opposition defender, playing off the shoulder of the last man, all of that, he's probably better at already than Coburn. But there are elements of his game that you're not going to get if you if you play him as a natural number nine. So that's why at the moment, I think, yeah, he's definitely better as an impact sub coming in against tired defences when Borough are either chasing the game or trying to score a second goal to put it out of sight, as we saw in the game that he did that in. Uh, Cardiff, Cardiff. I'd have to double check. I can't remember. Off the yes, top it was head. Cardiff, wasn't it? Came on with six minutes left, got the goal. Um, oh yeah. So, of course. Um, so yeah. So you know that that's where I think Latalat is at. But I think if Borough are going to think about starting with him for a prolonged period of time, then they're going to have to set up differently to the way that they're setting up at the minute. Will be my view of it. But there's definite talent there. Um. I was pleased to see him step up and take the penalty at Exeter because that was a big penalty in a big moment. Um, and sorry, no Bradford. No, it was it was Exeter? Sorry, Exeter. Yeah, I was down Exeter. myself. Exeter. Exeter. Yeah, yeah, he scored yeah. the winner at Exeter. Yeah, I was down myself for a split second because um, that was a big penalty in a big moment. And you want your centre forwards front and centre in that type of scenario. I think centre forwards are ultimately always judged on goals, no matter what yeah. else to bring you. Um, so, so I, I, it was pleasing, I think, that he, he stepped forward and and took that. And he scored, he scored at Bradford, didn't he? He's got a couple of goals. He did. In the, yeah, uh, Bradford, he went through and, and kind of snuck it past the keeper. Um, yeah, you're, you're right with Exeter because there was plenty of players on that pitch who could have taken that penalty. I mean, you, to be fair, you, you were nearly at penalty. So, you, so we were already kind of myself and the other lads in the press box mentally going through who on this pitch is likely to be yeah going to have one yeah. or not. And, and there were plenty of them there that could have taken that penalty. But like you say, fair play to him, load a bottle right in front of that open terrace of Borough fans, 
popped it in, celebrated in front of them, won the game. That'll have done him the world of good. Um, and and yeah, you know, there's there's a lot there to work with. Brilliant. Well, let us know what you think. Let us know if you agree, disagree. Let us know your verdict on the, the signing so far and who you think has been the pick of the bunch so far. What we, what we need, you've, got, you've, you've said that there, what we need is to, va- to devise some kind of game show where it's agree, disagree or Riley McGree. <laughs> <laughs> There's our thinking for the next one. Yeah, exactly. Someone more creative than us. We'll, uh, we'll be able to come up with something. That's what we yeah. want. Agree, disagree, Riley McGree. Riley McGree. Um, yeah, so do you agree, disagree, or Riley McGree with Scott? Let us know uh, and, 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 um, and give us your thoughts in the comments. Uh, and we'll be back at the end of the week. Looking ahead to the Bristol City game as Borough get back into action. Michael Carrick will be speaking to the press on Thursday. Um, so we'll be there and then we'll have a chinwag afterwards uh, and we'll reflect on that and look ahead to the game. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your week and we'll speak again at the back end of the week.